Good morning, you're listening to the Joe Sanchez Show. I am your host, Joseph Sokolowski Sanchez. Welcome to the third week of the show. This week we have a full show for you today, as always, but first, some news. Um, again, we are on Twitter, at JSSanchez1998. So go ahead and follow me there if you are on Twitter. We have not gotten a Facebook uh, page yet. We're still uh, thinking about doing that. Um, in in light of, of everything that's been going on with Facebook, we're still kind of weighing whether we should do that or whether we shouldn't do that or we should wait till uh, something comes out of this uh, with uh, Mark Zuckerberg having to uh, go before Congress and testify before Congress. Uh, however, we are at Buzzsprout. It's the Joe Sanchez Show dot Buzzsprout dot com. We are also uh, on iTunes. Um, that that is a recent uh, development that we are uh, we're still working with. We're going to be cleaning that up so that way uh, make it easier for you guys to uh, find on iTunes. But like I said, we are there. The first two episodes are there. A slight introduction. Uh, basically, I introduced myself to you. And uh, to repeal or not to repeal, there are multiple uh, different things that I talk uh, in that show. Uh, first thing we talk about is uh, John Paul Stevens and uh, his op-ed to the New York Times. However, this week, uh, again, another uh, busy week um, if you guys haven't heard, uh, earlier this week there was a uh, another shooting, uh, this time in uh, gun-controlled California, where a really, wow, just like this woman, uh, her, her name is uh, Nassim Hagdam, complete bag of nuts. Look, long story short, all right, she's one French fry short of a Happy Meal. Just straight up. I spent some time looking at some of her videos and that I could find online uh, and on uh, found like one or two on YouTube. Uh, looked at some some various different things. I mean, this woman was yeah, she's one excedrin short of a full medicine cabinet. But um, this uh, report here that I have uh, from Breitbart from uh, Doctor Hawkins. Uh, as usual, he, he's, you know, right on the money, uh, when it comes down to reporting. I mean, she, she did everything, you know, the, the background check, the, the, the waiting, uh, I think it's a 10 day waiting period. I mean, she, and yet she still went out and committed a crime and she, she wounded three, she wounded three people and then, she splattered her stuff all, all over the place at Google, or at YouTube, pardon me. But there's one thing that's similar to this, that's similar to other ones. We keep talking about this, and I think we're going to have, I, I think as 2A supporters, I think we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to beat this into the left's head, okay? There is a way to stop this without infringing on the rights of others. Again, 
there is a way to do this without infringing on the rights of others. Why do we, why do I keep saying that? Why do I keep emphasizing that? Because yet again, when you look at this story, what is the similarity between this and Parkland? Parkland and several other shootings that have been widely publicized. Of course, this one obviously because the shooter doesn't fit the narrative disappeared by Friday. But what does this have in common with other shootings? The authority figures were warned before the shooting took place. Yet again. So again, as I've stated before, I've said it in the first show, I've said it in the second show, and every time these come up, I'm going to say it again, if, if, if it rings true. We don't have a gun problem. We have a dereliction of duty slash people problem, i.e., people in authority are not stepping up to the plate. They're not doing their job. Okay, this could have been prevented. I mean, she was caught sleeping in her car outside of the YouTube campus. I mean, how much would it, how much would it have taken a police officer to say, "Hey, why don't you come with me? Let's talk." Not, not, you know. We're not going to take you down, not take her down to the station or anything like that. Just, you know, let's talk. You know, what's going on? You know, this, that, and the other. Some level of compassion would have been, probably would have made a difference. I mean, probably could have prevented, you know, three people from getting shot. Probably could have freaking saved her life. Maybe she may have, you know, if someone had actually given two craps, maybe she wouldn't have had, or she wouldn't have blown her head off. I don't know. Maybe. It's it's hypothetical. At, the, at this point, it's, you know, a hypothetical exercise. But still, had someone given two shits, maybe things could have been different. But now what we have to do is we have to learn from this. We have to learn from from this mistake. Hold the people who who didn't step up accountable, just like Parkland. Okay, Sheriff Israel got to hold his. We have to hold his feet to the fire. The administrators in, in, at uh, uh, Broward County, the school board, we have to, or whoever made you know the decisions there, we have to hold them accountable until people get it through their mind. Hey, look, you're going to have you are going to have to step up when you're presented with this. You're going to have to do something. And that something is you're going to have you're going to have to uh report this and to make sure that this person who's posing a threat to himself and to the public that it doesn't escalate. We're going to have to do so without violating their rights. 
And moving right along, okay. So, the next thing is, um, and this came out ro- uh, roughly, I think, a day later, um, after the Nissan Hagdam uh, shooting at the YouTube campus. Uh, the Chicago suburb of Deerfield, Illinois, passed a surrender and confiscation ordinance for assault weapons Monday night, and the Second Amendment Foundation responded by filing suit on Thursday. So, what were you guys saying? Oh, we're not coming after your guns. We're not coming after your guns. Really? Because, um... Let's see here. Alright, Deerfield residents have 60 days to get rid of any assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. This includes being sure no such weapons or magazines are in residents' homes. The ordinance empowers the police chief to confiscate and destroy any assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, which residents hold to after 60 days, on top of which they're also going to be fined $1,000 a day if they do not comply. I don't know about you, but I don't have... A thousand dollars a day. Hell, I barely have a thousand. I barely have a thousand dollars, period. And they're doing this. Seriously? I I, I really mean it. I mean, I. Seriously? I mean, you can't be serious right now. You said two seconds ago. We're not coming at, we're not coming after your guns. Yet here we go in a liberal bastion known as Illinois. They're already trying it. We already have John Paul Stevens, a noted Supreme Court, former Supreme Court justice, talking about repealing the Second Amendment. Multiple articles from Rolling Stone to all sorts of other outlets talking about repealing the Second Amendment. Do you see where, do you see why we feel this way? Not to mention all, not to mention the fact that you ignore all of the evidence when it comes down to, uh, mass shootings and gun safety and, and actual gun and crime statistics. Okay, but you say this on on one side of your face, and then on the other side of your face, we see this. How do you think we're gonna react? I I mean, just just stop and think about it for for like you know two seconds. Take the two little brain cells, rub them together, and think about it. You understand why why sometimes we we react the way we do. Duh, because you do dumb shit like this. Sorry, pardon my poetic language, but you guys do dumb shit like this. This is why we react the way we react. Okay? And sitting there calling the National Rifle Association, of which I am a member and will continue to be a member, to my dying day, to continue and sit there and call them a terrorist organization, call anyone who is a member... Which, by the way, the organization is between five and six million, six million members strong. So to sit there and call them a terrorist organization, 
comparing them to Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, you realize that you're not creating a conversation. You're ending it. And this is why you continue to lose on this topic. This is why you're going to continue to lose on this topic. I've said it once. I've said it again. I've said it, actually, I've said it in all three episodes. One, two, and three. Now that this is the, the third episode. Okay. This isn't going to go anywhere. The, this Deerfield thing. Except, you know, to court, obviously. But this isn't going to solve anything at all. Hell, I think next week we might end up talking about the Australian gun ban because, you know what, I, I think we need to bring in the numbers. I think we need to actually sit down, look at the data, and actually talk about it. And I know I, I've, you know, in the past two episodes, I have brought up a few numbers, but I, I think this week I think we're going to actually sit down and we're going to look at it. Um, I know um, Matt Palumbo, who works with Dan Bongino, has brought up uh, – uh, some numbers. I know I've I've done uh, my own research and I've uh, found many things. So I think uh, next week we're probably gonna uh, do that. But uh, anyways, I'm uh, rambling on there. Uh, so there was a fire over uh, on the fiftieth floor of uh, Trump Tower, and uh, uh, from what I hear, one dead, four firefighters wounded. It was uh, successfully put out. However, the response on social media... Now, everybody knows that uh, Twitter and and a few other uh, websites have an atrocious uh, reputation when it... It comes down to uh, social media, but I mean, absolutely, some some of the worst is on uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm not gonna mention his. I'm not gonna mention his name, uh, but I'll give you his his initials: JG, Juliet Golf. Um, and and he he'll know who he knows who he is, mental health professional, but. He put out a tweet that just, I don't know, it, if disturb is the, the right and proper word I want to use, more like, um, chapped my ass is more like it. And again, pardon my poetic language. But, I mean, you want to talk about a sick and disgusting tweet. You know, I, I, I said it earlier, I was, uh, Earlier this week, talking with uh, a couple of friends, I I told them I was on that uh, I had gone to Twitter, and that I was on Twitter to you know advertise my show, be a part of the 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 national conversation as best as I can. Uh, you know the whole like twenty followers I have, woo yay! But you know I told them you know if you want to see societal rot and societal that. Uh, destruction. Check out, you know, some of the things that people are tweeting these days. And this guy, I mean, the tweet was just atrocious. Well, I can't find his uh, 
that tweet. I had it saved, but uh, he uh, apparently blocked it. He apparently blocked his account. Thought he deleted, but no, he he actually blocked it. But look, the gist of the 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 tweet was was that he was happy that someone had gotten killed. He was actually taking joy in the death of another human being who is not an enemy combatant. Basically, he was happy that someone got killed in the fire in the, uh, on the 50th floor of Trump Tower. Can you get where I, the, the depth of depravity and just complete immorality that, that I mean, completely and utterly low. You, 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 you take joy that somebody got killed? Really? And you wonder why there, and you wonder why there's a joy or uh, a divide, pardon me, in this country? When you, you, you get on social media and you put things out like that. I mean, the whole world can see that. And it's not just that. But I mean, what does that say about you? What kind of person are you that you, 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 you enjoy someone else dying? The fact that I have to, the, the, the fact that, that we have to talk about it is disgusting enough. But you're happy that somebody died? The hell is wrong with you? Seriously, what what is wrong? What what, what is wrong with you? Have you no soul? Have you no no compassion? I mean, this guy could have been some, you know, this this person that died could have been somebody's uh, father, uncle, grandfather, you know, could have been some, you know, could have been someone, somebody important. To, he was important to someone. But you're happy, but you're happy about it. Completely disgusting. Just utterly, utterly disgusting. And it, I mean, it just shows you how far we we've come and I, and then that's just one that's just one example in dozens hundreds of thousands of examples that you know you can pull from social media especially especially twitter and i mean i didn't realize how bad it was but i mean it it's wow but you know if it, the if you want in this business then that's where you got to go but, anyways, continuing on back at Rancho Cucamonga, uh, which, believe it or not, I actually found out through the grapevine, actually from a friend of mine who actually lives uh, a little bit away from Rancho Cucamonga, that that was an actual place. I'd been saying that for years, just, you know, uh, as a joke. And then, all, you know, out of the blue, my buddy comes up to me and he says, oh yeah, by the way, that's a real place in California. Huh, who'd have thought? Anyways, uh, if you guys haven't heard, most recently, uh, Donald Trump decided that he was going to put uh, troops on a border. Approximately, uh, I think, it, 
uh, last number I heard was uh, three to four thousand uh, National Guard troops on the border. And as per the usual, you know, I mean, you could almost reach for the switch and cue the fake outrage. You know, almost as if it was a script. They were reading out of a script. Donald Trump said he was going to send troops, National Guard troops to the border. And cue the outrage. As per the usual. So I got a uh, uh, an article here from uh, Daniel Horowitz uh, at uh, Conservative Review. And Mr. Horowitz is... Uh, his argument is that our border, the name of the article, which is also his argument, is that our border is a better place for our military than the Middle East. Duh. <laughs> I mean, what better place than right here for our military to defend? I mean, after all, this is our home. I mean, last I, I I checked, you want to make sure that your home is safe and that the people inside your home are safe? I don't know. I'm just saying. But, um, and he breaks this down in, into uh, two different pieces. Um, the first piece is a... a a much stronger case for using our military on our own border than in Syria. And then the second, the second point, the, the legality of using our military for border security. But here's my, my, uh, my uh, take on this. Okay. Look, for those of y'all that are, are complaining about this. Okay. If we use a, a lot of, uh, veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan, they already know how to do this because they were doing it out in Iraq and Afghanistan. Okay. Many of my, uh, MP, uh, buddies out there were doing this very thing right here. Now look, they're not there to do enforcement. They're there for security. Now, if you remember what I talked about last week about security, and my my pad is just going off right now, but if you remember last week when I talked about, okay, security, security is, it's a multifaceted uh, operation. There are many, many different, you know, there's many, many different parts to security. Basically, the way this is, the way this is going to work is, is that these troops, they're not there to do Border Patrol's job. They're not there to do ICE's job. Okay? ICE, that's India Charlie Echo, not ISIS. Okay? They're there to secure the border, while the Border Patrol is there to enforce border law. There, there's There's a difference there. Okay, and this is uh, what uh, Mr. Horowitz is trying to do. He's trying to, to differentiate a little bit between the two, but he's also making the case that this is probably one of the smarter, uh, one of the smartest, actually, uh, ideas that has been uh, 
thrown up as far as uh, border security uh, is concerned. I mean, you have you have to remember many of these uh, cartels, many of uh, of the shooters in the cartel are military armed, military trained. Oh yeah, and by the way, they're members of the Mexican military. Who better to meet them in battle, either to engage those forces or to deter those forces than our own specially trained, specially uh, equipped military forces? Hello? Is any of this is is any of this making any sense to you guys on the left? Hello, McFly, you in there? Okay, so there is a very very strong case for having our troops on the border. I mean, let's start for one. Um, there are already many troops on the border. In case none of y'all know it, I have an article here uh, from thedrive.com, and I'll share the name of the article with you. Um, This is how the U.S. military is already patrolling and working on the border. If he decides to, Trump can use established legal authorities to send personnel to the border to perform missions from surveillance to construction, which, by the way, they're all ready doing. So basically, it's just a he's basically just supplementing already existing troop numbers on the border who are already supporting continued border security operations. And I'll read briefly uh from uh the third paragraph, uh third sentence of uh Mr. Horowitz's article it says, "National security and the purpose of the military begins with homeland security." Even if it doesn't end there, hasn't the time come to treat the drug smuggling and downright human invasion crisis from our border like the national security threat that it is? I mean, it perfectly perfectly valid question. We have the security threat. We have people coming in. What did I say last? What did I say last week? One of the first portions of any security plan is always going to be access control. Access control is one of is always going to be the the top priority when you start your when you start your security plan. Like I said again, like I said lab last week, you know, when when I was in the military when we you know, we would build up our our field sites when we would set up our our uh communication, okay, one of the things that we, you know, one of the first things we, we would talk about and we, we would break up into teams and we would, uh, you know, we would build our, our field site. One of the first things that we talked about was, okay, likely avenue, likely avenues of approach. Where are we, where are we going to set up our concertina, our, uh, concertina wire? Where are we going to set up, you know, our patrol points? So, so on and so on and so forth. So that way we can control access into and out of the field site. This is the same thing. How are we going to control access into and out of the country? I mean, it's just pure common sense. 
And when when you're doing security, you want to know who's coming, who's going, and why are they coming, and why are they going. I mean, again, hello, left. You guys listening? Are you are you guys paying? Are you guys paying attention? Because like now would be a good time to start listening. Just just to let you know. Because the you know the ordinary citizen, in case you know you guys on the left haven't gotten it through your thick skulls, okay, the people that actually vote for you have been asking for this. They have been asking for secure border and border enforcement, border law enforcement for a very long time now, which is why here in a, uh, a couple of minutes we're going to be talking about what's going on in California when it comes when it comes down to some of these laws. But uh Mr. Horowitz, okay, he goes on to talk uh, about the legality of using our military for uh border security. And in the next section I'll read from the the second paragraph, as long as an inch of our own soil remains unsafe from transnational cartels and smuggling, use of the military to neutralize that threat is the quintessential reason why we have a military in the first place and the most appropriate use of unilateral executive action according to the Constitution, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution tasks the federal government with guaranteeing states' protection against invasion. Now, hold on. Okay, Break out your pocket constitution and let's read from Article 4, Section 4. <clears throat> and it states, The United States shall guarantee every state in this union a rep- Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. So basically what's going on here is that Trump is following the law. He is using his constitutional powers to secure the border. There you go. Plain and simple. It's not that hard. He is the chief executive, and he is the commander-in-chief of the armed services. Okay? He has that power, and it is given to him by the Constitution. Now, Mr. Horowitz goes on, and he, he elaborates. There's some... Uh, some other uh, laws and some acts in here that he goes in and he he talks about that uh, further uh, his his point. But plain and simple, this can be done. It should be done. And as a matter of fact, it, right now, perfect time to do it. We, you know, if we don't get a, a good hold on what's going on, we don't do this now. You know. I mean, when are we going to do it? Seriously. When are we going to, you know, get on the ball and take charge of our sovereignty? Which I think is a, a serious question, you know, given everything that, that's uh, going on right now. And, you know, that that leads me to, you know, my our next article to uh, 
talk about, which is more California cities are joining the fight against California. So this is from uh, earlier in the week. Um, Many cities uh, in uh, Orange County and a few uh, cities outside of uh, Orange County are joining in the uh, lawsuit and they are signing, uh, I think it's called amicus briefs, uh, onto the, the Trump lawsuit against California and the, their sanctuary city policies. And I mean, they, these are some of the cities. I mean, we got, uh, Fountain Valley, uh, Escondido, uh, Los Alamitos, Huntington Beach, Buena Park, and then the list goes on and on. I mean, a whole county in California signed on to this. I mean, it, this brings up a lot of questions. I mean, how long is it going to take for you to realize that maybe it might be time to actually sit down with these citizens that have these concerns, to sit down with these cities that have these concerns and address these issues, to actually sit down and talk these issues out with your citizens. I mean, people are leaving your state in droves. Don't know if you know that. Don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's been stories from uh, CBS. I mean, there's been stories from California all about the these uh, exoduses that are going on from, you know, deep blue states into, you know, more uh, red states. And it's all, I mean, yes, there, there are multiple reasons as to why this is going on, but many people, okay, do cite, you know, this is a problem. So the question is, when are you going to address the problem? When are you going to start taking the concerns of your citizens seriously? When are you going to realize that perhaps protecting someone who entered the country illegally, someone who broke the law, Maybe protecting them is not the right thing to do. I mean, Milton Friedman, who, um, for all intents and purposes, was an open border uh, advocate. He was very, very honest, though, uh, when he talked about economics and open borders. He, he and I'll, I paraphrase here, he basically uh, opined that you can't have an open borders uh, state with a welfare state. So again, the question going right back to when are we going to address this issue? When are we going to start taking this issue seriously? Which goes back to the border security question. When are we going to start taking this seriously? When are we going to do something about this problem? Okay, we were seeing Everything going on in Europe. I mean, you, you know, I've got a, uh, a story here from the uh, Wall Street Journal talking about murder rates in London catching up with New York. And that's, you know, both a, a combination of their, an, you know, stringent anti gun laws as well as uh, EU open border policies and, and their migrant policies. I mean, you have in Germany, uh, rape gangs and grooming gangs. Same thing with uh, England. You know, they have rape gangs and uh, 
uh, grooming gangs. You have no-go zones in Sweden. I mean, when are we going to wake up and realize that open borders is not the way to go? That open borders are not the way forward. I mean, if, if I'm, unless you know you're you're willfully wanting to destroy the country, then okay, yeah, maybe there'll be a way forward for you. But you know, for the rest of us, for us normal people, for those of us that are rational and sane, and we want to maintain our national sovereignty, open borders is not the way to go. And I think that if this continues, I mean, we're gonna see a we're gonna continue to see. Uh, Exoduses from uh, California and other uh, deep blue states, but also I think we're also going to see more and more uh, municipalities, cities, and counties in California uh, outside of the major population zones. You know, L.A., San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, uh, places like that. We're going to continue to see. Uh, these municipalities and cities continue to uh, rail against and take up arms, or not arms, but, you know, take up legal action uh, against these uh, sanctuary city policies, because, uh, look, this is not working for the American citizen, and that's really who, uh, you know, the these uh, local governments are uh, looking out for is for the American citizen and is who they should be uh, looking out for and that's who you know the the quote unquote professional politicians in California that's who they should be looking out for but I mean you you continually see that they're favoring uh, people who violated the law over people who follow the law over law-abiding citizens you see it all you see it all the time and this is going to continue unless we get up and say, no, we're not going to take it anymore. This is, this is not the way forward, which this really isn't uh, any way forward. I personally think that, you know, we should go back to uh, what we used to do in the early part of the 20th century where we had uh, peaks and valleys within the uh immigration system. We used to have uh, 10 years of high immigration and then 10 years where we basically uh, slowed it to a crawl so that way new immigrants uh, coming to the United States or had, had just come to the United States were able to acclimate themselves, uh, assimilate themselves to American culture. I think we need... Uh, you know, we need to go back to that as well as we need to, uh, fix holes within our, uh, within our immigration system and, and make it work for people so that way they can come here legally. However, as, uh, time goes on and as the, the show, uh, continues to go on and, and progress, uh, we'll obviously, you know, immigration being a, a very uh, hot button issue, it's something, it is a revolving issue. We will come back to it. We will, uh, readdress it. We'll address it as always with more information, with, uh, more data and more, uh, facts. So, Again, thank you for listening. My name is Joe Sokolovsky Sanchez. Okay, you can uh, listen to the show at the Joe Sanchez Show 
buzzsprout.com. Again, that's the Joe Sanchez Show. Buzzsprout.com. You can also follow me uh, on Twitter at jssanchez1998, which is one of the best ways to get a hold of me. Just to let you know, uh, we will come up with an email address uh, when uh, everything uh, is going. We are in the process of uh, we are in the review process, I should say. Uh, on iTunes, so we will be on iTunes, uh, look out for that, again, it's the Joe Sanchez show, um, so when that comes up, please subscribe, so that way, uh, I know who, uh, who's listening, write a review, let me know what you think, drop me a line on, uh, on Twitter, okay, and again, it's, uh, at Joe Sanchez 1998, thanks for listening.